Good day, people. I'm going to start off by saying rest in peace to Larry King, Hank Aaron, and again, Kobe Bryant on his year anniversary of his passing. Uh, be sure to follow the show at Bagels and Kool-Aid underscore podcast on Instagram. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all other streaming platforms. And uh, with no further ado, let's get into the newest episode of Bagels and Kool-Aid. Lego. Hey, Will. Good day to you. Good evening, kind sir. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, you know, not too bad. Not too bad. Good. Good. Not too bad. I feel, well, yeah, me too. Actually, I've been better. <laughs> I will say that. I why, am, why do you say that? <laughs> well... I got my second dose of the COVID vaccine on Monday. So my my chip is fully in. And you get it? Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yes. want you to think that I actually like thought that. That's um, why silence, like, is she is she serious? Or? <laughs> no, I'm not. Um and so I was kind of hit, you know, I've heard people saying like second shot, you don't feel that great, but I kind of, I mean, I thought I would be fine and, um, I was fine with the first one. It just had a little bit of arm tenderness, but so I got my shot Monday morning at 10 AM and around 5 PM, I just started feeling like, you know, when you feel like the flu coming on. You like feel the aches coming and the headache. It's like a storm that's rolling in. You know what I mean by that? I have literally never had the flu. What? I think no. I knew this about you, but how yeah. is that possible? I, I've never had it. That no. is crazy. Yeah. Well, I feel like whenever I get the flu, I can feel it coming. You like feel the aches and pains kind of slowly creep on you. Really like a, like a storm kind of slowly coming in. And so five o'clock Daniel's like still freaking working. I'm trying to make sure Leo's not running into the street, which is getting harder and harder every day. (laughs) And, um, feeling, starting to feel like horrible. And, it's just like w- getting worse and worse, like achy and tired and headache and a little queasy. And by six o'clock, I was like, I am sitting on the couch and not doing anything. Ate like very plain pasta, no cheese, no nothing, just plain pasta because I was like feeling super queasy. Took a hot shower, went to bed for from like 10 to 1 a.m., you know, that kind of sleep where you're like, you're half awake, you're having like anxiety dreams and you're, you keep tossing and turning (laughs) every night. I was, (laughs) (laughs) I was in that sleep. It was awful. Just like shaking. And I kept waking Daniel up and I'd be like, I need you to put your body on me. Like I needed his heat. I was so cold. I've never like tried to sleep totally underneath him until Monday night I was like (laughs) trying to get closer and closer and closer and at 1 a.m I'm like shaking so much he's like are you okay (laughs) 
I finally, I got up. I was like, no, I'm definitely not okay. So called work, called out of work, um, took some medicine, put on super warm PJs, went back to sleep, was able to sleep for three blissful hours. And then who jumps in our bed at 420 but Charlie because it it stormed really bad Monday night. It did, um, yeah. And Charlie does not do well with lightning and thunder. And Charlie's literally on my pillow shaking. I felt like my head was like in a vibrator. Like someone <laughs> had put a vibrator under my pillow. <laughs> like my head is literally like, uh, and I'm like, Charlie, you got to freaking get off. At that point, I was awake. And so I look at what time it is, 4.20. I'm like, hmm, I, um, I'm actually feeling pretty good. So then stupid me calls work and I'm like, actually, I'll come in. And they're like, great, okay. And go into work and just felt so awful for 12 <laughs> hours. Like it was so dumb to go back to go to work. And then um, And this Tuesday is after night, the second shot, right? This is the second shot. Yeah. So like it's good because I know I'm having an immune response and and they have said, I've heard different things, like if you've had COVID, it's worse. But I, I'm pretty sure I haven't had COVID. Um, some people, like, you know, get it and they have a sore arm. Some people, I think, are like me and they feel like full-on flu hit them. But then, I, I mean, really, I went to bed last night after work at 9 p.m., no joke. Woke up this morning for work and felt fine. And I've been fine today. I'm just a little tired. I have, I have to tell you, um, I I didn't need to hear this story because um, <laughs> I betrayed my race and I got the first shot. Yay! Yeah, well, because I knew okay, my mom. Why was, is it betraying your race? I don't. Get I was that. being. I, still I was don't being. Get that. I was just being funny. I mean, kind of. <laughs> but, but I feel like, isn't it like I was thinking about this the other day? Shouldn't black people be encouraging other black people to get the vaccine and then saying that's, black lives matter? That's what I'm. Well, yeah, I'll hold off on that. But that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to be a role model. But after yeah. hearing your story, I'm okay. regretting it. <laughs> I'm regretting. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I thought while I was going through the worst of it, while I was shaking in bed, rattling my teeth? I was thinking, thank God I never got COVID because I know that this is like 10 times way less than COVID would be. I think I just have, I, I don't think I'm a good sick person. I, I'm not sick very often. I don't like to be sick. I don't rest well. And when I get the aches and pains, they come on. I'm like a wimp about it, I think. Or mm. it just is really bad. But I think I'm really wimpy. I have only had one person that got the second shot that didn't have that same episode. One person out of like the 20 or 30 people I know. No, actually, <laughs> I, saw, I saw like several people from work today and um, they all got it yesterday and were fine. There were three of them. Well, that's good. That's mm -hmm. good. Because mine is due and it's coming up fast. I think. Uh, Did you get Pfizer or Moderna? I got Pfizer. I want a Moderna because I'm a shareholder, but they didn't have it. So I got Pfizer. <laughs> That's funny. Wait, I'm really proud of you, Will. 
I'm so well, happy to hear that you got it. Me and my sister were skeptical about it, but we know mm-hmm. that our mother is not going to do it. There's, mm-hmm. there's no, nobody can change her mind. No one. If her mm-hmm. favorite child can do it, then nobody can do it. <laughs> and so me and my sister were like, all right, fine. We got to see her. We got to do stuff for her. So let's just bite the bullet. So she got it. And then I, I got it a day after. I was going to like not do it and just trick her into doing it. But I was like, nah. <laughs> 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 I'll do it. I'm really glad you got it. But I didn't feel any. Well, the first one, I guess you're not supposed to. But we'll see after the second one. You'll probably be fine. Just take some Advil and Tylenol like shortly after you get it. Honestly, when I took medicine, I was fine. But it was I was waiting too long to take medicine. And then I would oh. like sit there in pain. It was a lot so of dumb. people were scared to take medicine because they thought it would affect the vaccine. And these are these are like higher up people where I work. These are yes. like anesthesia people and they're like i don't want to take medicine because it might mess up the i'm like no that's that's not how it works well i talked to i think it was um one of our infectious disease like nurse practitioners and she was saying don't take don't take advil before you get the shot but you can take it after it's not going to affect it affect your immune response yeah i i Oh, I took it. I took it after. I took like four yeah. of them after. <laughs> yeah. And I'll probably probably do Tylenol this time just because of everything that'll probably come with it. But yeah, we're well, one shot in. <laughs> still living. You're still living. Half of yeah. the, your microchips in. Mine is fully in. We're good. Well, I, I mean, I go everywhere with this phone, so I'm I'm really easy to find. Exactly. That's the funniest part to me when people are like, oh, there's a microchip they're probably putting in you. I'm like, they already have us microchipped. You have a cell phone. I have a cell phone. We all have cell phones. We sleep with our cell phone. You do not leave without your cell phone. Yeah. They know everything you do. Daniel and I started watching the freaking Tiger Woods thing on HBO. Neither Mm. of us are into golf but like it's actually a pretty interesting documentary on him have you seen it yeah i watched it yeah it's pretty good right i wish he had some involvement like the the jordan last dance yeah, i wish yeah. they had sat I, down with him but i, I don't know if he, they tried he, and he just didn't want to he doesn't come across as the person that would do that uh definitely not but anyways after we watched that um all of a sudden, we start getting advertisements just from talking about Tiger Woods. We didn't, like, Google search anything on our phone. It Suddenly, we're getting um, ads on Instagram for the golf magazine. Yeah. That's <laughs> a real that thing. That the right tune. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was Jeopardy, man. Yeah. Oh, don't mind me. Um, yeah, the phone, realize, phone is always listening. Yeah, it is. I didn't realize Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan were good friends. But yeah. when we started watching it, I was like, oh, I wonder if they were. And then, of course, you get to know that they definitely were and probably did not so good things together. <laughs> yeah. He's... Uh, I don't know. I came away from it. I know... 
women are still going to hate him, but I just felt like, I don't know. He, he was so, he was a, like a, his dad was such a stage dad and I, I don't think he ever had mm-hmm. a chance at, at a normal life. Mm-mm. Like he was, he was on some talk show at like two or three and I'm just like, it was like Michael Jack. It was like watching a Michael Jackson documentary. I was like, he never had a chance. Mm-hmm. I felt, yeah, I felt kind of bad for him. Actually, I did feel bad for him. And I also feel like he may, like, uh, after watching that and seeing his face, I, I never watch golf. I obviously know who Tiger Woods is, and I, like, see him when he, you know, was big and doing advertising and all that stuff, but didn't really know that he wasn't a social guy until watching this. And just the faces he makes and the personality that you get to know on this show, it would not surprise me if he murders someone one day and kills himself. But <laughs> I could see him definitely that, murdering someone. That is not where I thought that was going. Um, yeah. But yeah, he does have sociopathic characteristics. For sure. Even, even when he broke up with his high school girlfriend uh, yeah. and he wrote her a note. I was just like, that's, that's not normal at all. Yeah. And he, he signed it. And I was just like, this, this guy is different, man. He, he's very yeah. socially awkward. Very socially awkward. We'll see what happens with him in his future. But I turned to Dan after that and I was like, it would not surprise me if one day Tiger Woods goes down as a serial killer. Hmm. Or or uh, OJ part two. Yeah. 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 I saw I saw a lot of there was an OJ documentary made in America, which was incredible. But I saw a lot of parallels between him and OJ. I mean, mm-hmm. hopefully he doesn't kill his ex-wife, but I saw a lot of parallels just watching their story, and I'm just like, damn, he's a lot like the juice. Hmm. <laughs> I, I mean I I think that, like, you know, they're, well, I wouldn't say that um, OJ was a black man in a white man's sport because I don't think that. It was quite the opposite. Yeah. (laughs) OJ came across very He came across black. OJ wasn't black until he was on trial. (laughs) Right. Right. Same with Tiger. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That I thought it was really interesting. Um, well, actually, I thought it was really disgusting when um, they were showing the part, I guess, after Tiger Woods got caught with the accident and, like, the affairs came out and all of the sex scandal came out, how the the head of the what's it called the augusta the the masters the masters yeah like tiger played in the masters that year and the head of it just like ripped him apart in the beginning just kind of publicly shamed him and i turned to daniel and i was like would that have ever happened if he was white and he Mm -hmm. was like i mean i don't know and i was like daniel it wouldn't have like this is This is something that 2020 taught me. And I was really proud of this moment because that was me recognizing as a white person, straight, like blatant racism that goes unseen. You know what? Like what I mean by that? Oh yeah, I do. (laughs) Yeah. And I I was really proud. 
of myself. The, because the then biggest they part, the biggest, yeah, well, I'm good. The biggest part of Tiger Woods' decline, um, more so than him not being white, was that he did it to a white woman. Because mm-hmm. I love Michael, I love Michael Jordan. You know that. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan cheated on his wife like clockwork, but nobody vilified him for it because his wife was black. Nobody even talks mm-hmm. about how how bad he was as a husband because he, right. I mean, he cheated on her a lot, but nobody, you know, he wasn't taken down. But because Tiger did it to a blonde Nordic woman, it was just like, oh man, how how could you do this? It's like it, all ab, not all. A lot of athletes do this. Right. Like, why is this, why is this so tragic? <laughs> like, right. Like, That's the thing. So. Like, I thought, I mean, I, he did it with, like, well, no. I bet a lot of athletes do nasty things with plenty of strippers. I thought, I had remembered it <laughs> because I think when it happened, I was in college. When did it happen again? Did it happen, like, 2010-ish? Yeah, that was the last time he was number one in the world. Yeah, so I was in college. And so old enough to like be like, ooh, Tiger Woods, creepy. But I thought, I my memory of it was he was like with transvestites. Like that it was really, that's why it was a story. Not that he cheated on his wife. No, that was when all When I watched was. this documentary, I was like, huh. This is a <laughs> lot less than I thought. I Like I thought it was a lot more scandalous than this. I mean, not that I say cheating is ever a good thing but you know like you said yeah pretty much all athletes well let me clear Many that up. i don't athletes. i don't want to make it sound like cheating on your wife is is okay no matter what color she is that part is wrong but the right. way they tore him down you would have thought right. like he killed children or he right or his he kids. slept with transvestites that's what i thought yeah you would have thought it was just like he just he was just the worst human being ever i mean he's not he wasn't a good he, he's changed he wasn't a good guy but the way they tore him down, like I was just like, "Damn, for adultery!" Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Also, you have ESPN. <laughs> I don't want people to think I'm against having sex with transvestites. I'm supporting anyone loving anyone. But I thought it was more scandalous than just like plain women. Is my yeah. point with that? Yeah, but it was. I mean, once you get some time away from it, when you consider everything else that athletes have done. It was just like, wow, this is the hill they they killed him on. Like, damn. Yeah, I know. Pretty crazy. Mm. Speaking so, of that, that's probably the most exciting thing to happen. How are you liking the boring news now? <laughs> I love it. I feel so much <laughs> less anxious. I really, I've thought about this every single day for the last week. It's been one week. Um, and... I just feel so much less anxiety than I did for the last four years, especially for the last year, but mm-hmm. it's been four years. Okay. So I don't think we've talked since the inauguration. No, we haven't. Mm-mm. Did you watch it? No, I never watch them. <laughs> really? No, nah, I don't care about that. They didn't come to my job interview. I don't know. When I got the job, nobody was chin well, for me. It's not really an interview. They kind of oh. they made it. They stole well, it. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, <laughs> it was for, for, I will say for myself as a woman, it was really like awesome. And just, su- I was so emotional. I was crying the whole time. 
the whole time, like almost uncontrollable crying where I felt <laughs> like it was an emotional release that four <laughs> years held in. But like getting yeah. out of an abusive relationship. Exactly. Like I was finally free. It really, I was really surprised by how emotional I felt by it. And I think most of it was because of seeing Kamala become vice president and what that means. But then also just recognizing like Trump is done for now, hopefully forever. I can understand that from a woman's perspective. I get it. Yeah, it was really... It was a really big w- moment for women, and I hope that every woman watching, no matter if you're a Democratic, Republican, had the same feeling I did, because I felt, like, really excited. I also wondered why I never went into politics, because I was thinking about how I would probably enjoy politics if I... But I never even thought about it as a career choice <laughs> as a younger girl, because I never thought about women going into politics. Yeah, that's you know? what this does for little girls. They're probably mm-hmm. looking at that and they're seeing her and for Michelle sure. like dap each other up. And they're like, oh, I can do that shit. For <laughs> sure. And then you missed a big moment. Lady Gaga like <laughs> doing her thing, dressed, <laughs> you know, with this huge red skirt, very over the top. But she looked good. But then oh. um, like turning to the Capitol that the flag is still there and I feel like it was her finger to Trump and all of the protesters, or not protesters, but mobsters mm-hmm. who stormed the Capitol. And I got to give a shout out to Garth Brooks though, because I mean, I, I don't listen to country music, but I know who he is and I know what he's represented. So for him to even mm-hmm. show up to try to like unify, cause he's, I think he's a Republican lifelong. But for him so. to even for him to even risk his fan base just to try to like bring people together, I thought that spoke volumes. Mm-hmm. I was just like, "Wow, Garth Brooks! Like he he is the Michael Jackson of country music." And so for him yeah. to risk it all, <laughs> I was I thought that was they cool. Were like, no, Garth Brooks for I don't even remember what he's saying, but he did a good job. He did a really good job. No, he can um, sing. He's a talented dude. I just haven't listened to country music. I like Thunder Rolls, but that's about it. Yeah, he did a really good job. And then he was, like, chatting everyone up when he was supposed to leave. Um, mm-hmm. And then J-Lo had her moment singing, and she, like, said something in Spanish about, I think she was something like, this is our country, too, or something like that. <laughs> why was, Why do they keep inviting, they keep inviting J-Lo to sing? <laughs> like, what? J-Lo? is freaking she's living her best life right now <laughs> yeah really i know is. but and she's not she's a just singer standing there afterwards <laughs> chatting with the obamas and the clintons and the bushes just like she and a rock like like they are past presidents it was just the funniest thing to see just all of them just talking <laughs> catching up i'm like dang <laughs> i cool. i should Somebody should tell Joe Biden, don't invite the Obamas anywhere else because they, they're going to steal all your spotlight. Because all I saw for the rest of that day, obviously, was uh, the memes of, of uh, Bernie Sanders. But sure. then it was Michelle and Barack in their outfit. And I was just like, damn. Oh, really? They stole- yeah, they stole the show. Like, 
they were trending more than Joe Biden. <laughs> Just I like, mean, why they do look at Joe. But that's the thing. Joe, he's not going to trend. He's a very, like, <laughs> plain... He's going to just fly under the radar. He's going to do what he needs to do. Get in, get out. Yeah, he He's is not gonna the... not going to be flashy. The Toyota Camry of presidents. <laughs> for not. sure. That's such a good way. He's going to be there flash. for 250,000 miles. <laughs> He's not gonna going to cause any problems. Nope. No problems, but it'll run. It'll get you to work and back. Nobody's yeah. going to say, hey, nice car, but... You're never on the side of the road. I'm trying to think if Trump were a car, what car he would be. Uh, I feel like Obama a Hummer. would be. Trump is definitely a Hummer. Yeah, that's probably a good one. But do Hummers break down a lot? I feel like uh, Trump needs to be a car that you spend a ton of money on, but then it breaks down right after you get it. <laughs> I don't. I, I've seen a few Hummers on the side of 285, so. <laughs> Yeah, probably. I think that was a pretty good guess. Yeah, he's that's definitely him. Big, gotta see me taking up the road. Yeah. I'm in your lane. <laughs> like, yeah. he's a hump. Barack is like a Benz. That's what I was thinking. Like yeah. a classic, really smooth Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Like one that you're like, okay, I see that, but it's not too too flashy. Right. I know you have a little money, but you're not throwing it in my face. I appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I do, I do. Though, what was I going to say? Oh God, I just lost my complete train of thought. Uh-oh. Panic, don't you hate when that happens? It's the microchip. Oh, seriously, it'll come <laughs> back to me. Sorry, we were just no. rolling with our cars, and then I ruined <laughs> it. <laughs> no, it's fine. I um, was. Oh, go ahead. Uh, well, yesterday was a hard day for me. Um, not why I say for me, like it was like I lost, but you know, yesterday was a year from Kobe's death. Oh, I know. I thought of you actually yesterday. It seemed like it happened two weeks ago. I feel like I was just at Christian's wedding and then, and got that news. It, it, it went by so fast. Yeah, it does. It, it. Very much felt like, wow, it's been a year. Like, that feels so recent. And then at the same time, part of me was like, that was this. That was a year ago. That wasn't like six years ago. Yes. In some ways, the year of 2020 feels like it was really like six years long. And in some ways, it feels like it was six months. It's the weirdest, weirdest year of time. It was... A very odd year. Very, very odd year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yesterday, it is, it's sad remembering that. Yeah, but I flooded, flooded my Instagram with, <laughs> with just Kobe stuff all day. But yeah. I thought today is Holocaust Remembrance Day, and I thought that's at first where you were going with that, but I was like, but it's today. I, but, you know. That was the next thing on my topic list, actually. It's in my... It's really. It's just really a week weird. of mourning. <laughs> yeah, January is getting a bad January rap. January is a good time to kind of reflect on, you know, the important what. So, I I mean, Holocaust Remembrance Day is something that I've known about since I was little. Being a Jewish 
girl, you know, and then living in Israel, they actually, um, they like blast horns for, I think it's a minute and all the cars on the street stop, like everyone stops and Mm. gets out of their car, gets stops what they're doing, like everyone, um, or in the whole entire country and do like a minute of remembrance. And it's this Mm. very, it gives me chills thinking of it. It's a very, it's like a, a moment you live through that you don't forget when you experienced it. Um, And so, you know, it's every year I think about it when it comes and that this year, like specifically today, I've thought about it a lot more and a lot differently and how it's really important to remember the Holocaust, especially with, you know, how recent the events were with what happened at the Capitol, like how much anti-Semitism was there was there and just all the hate of 2020 towards anything besides white, you know, like all the injustice, all the, um, racism, like remembering the Holocaust is the reason why Jews, I feel like really put prioritize equality and making others feel, um, you know, like brothers and sisters. Like I feel like as a Jewish person, it's always been something where you stand up for anyone who is a minority or anyone who is different Mm. and you stand up for what's wrong. Like I was always taught that you, you don't watch silently, you speak up and that's very much how I live. Because that's how the Holocaust happened. Exactly. People ignored it for so long and then it just, it was out of control. Exactly. People turned a blind eye. And when you turn a blind eye, that's what happens. And I feel like if there's never a better lesson than, you know, especially looking back to what happened less than a month ago, you know, and just the whole thing with the election, like, no, you can't turn a blind eye. You need to call people out and, and hold people accountable for the hate crimes that they're doing, whether it's psychotic, dumb people or like really powerful people and, and not just let it go. That (sighs) is important. Every Jewish person I've ever met said they grew up hearing the never forget phrase in their house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a big thing as it should be. Yeah. I mean, I think Mm. for me, like, that was a big part of, with everything that happened last year, and, you know, there's a lot of, there was a lot of, like, racial awakening, I guess you could say, where people, and including myself, you realize things are more racist than you ever knew, and kind of opening your eyes to it. Yeah. And I think, I felt like, a big sense of guilt a lot last year. Like I wasn't, I hadn't, hadn't done enough, wasn't doing enough. Was I thinking racist thoughts? Like I started to have like some anxiety about, you know, oh my gosh, am I racist? Like questioning myself. And a lot of that was because I feel like as someone who's Jewish and growing up that way, it's so against, I felt like, guilty for not seeing it clear. Yeah. Mm. 
that is the, I guess, positive of the last four years. I felt yeah. like it was a it was a wound that, you know, everybody was just putting peroxide on, but not actually letting it heal. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if 2020 didn't like 2020 put a spotlight, like there's a big wound in this country. And yeah. ha- had he not been president or had everything not happened out, not just him, there was I mean, it was the cops. It was a lot of shit to happen. I don't want to put right. it all on him. But yeah. 2020 was a big eye opener. Like, oh, man, we still have this problem. <laughs> yeah, We heard about it in songs, but we weren't like, sure. We <laughs> it's really big. Not yeah, like it's a little bit of a problem. No, it's like a serious problem. It is a problem that affects everyone. You know, yeah, it affects me, it but does. not the way it affects you. But the fact yeah. that it affects you affects me. It affects everybody because it affects the people that are being discriminated against. Exactly. It, it stops them from reaching out to other people because they don't know and they don't trust. And it just... It just needed to be addressed. And realistically, I don't I, I think had Hillary won, we wouldn't have progressed at all because Democrats have a habit of kind of like, oh no, everything's fine. Everything see, look at look at Denzel, look at Will Smith, everything's fine. So you need that cold water in your face, like, ah, yeah. everything's not fine. Sometimes so. you need to hit rock bottom to see like Everything clearly, I think. You have to. Most addicts have to do that. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so we Hopefully that was it. our rock bottom last year. Now we can rebuild. I sincerely hope 2020 was rock bottom for this country. I, I sincerely hope so. Because <laughs> we can't take much more. I can't. Yeah, mentally. No. Agreed. Agreed. Well, yeah. It's just... It is already... I feel... Honestly, like so much better, just the fact that the environment's being talked about and there are things in the works to actually help the environment. That brings me so much relief. I can't even explain it. He has been more proactive than I thought he would be. Mm-hmm. He signed stuff. something uh, to stop funding private jails. Yeah, at the end of their contracts, and most of those contracts still got like five or six years, but it is a step in the right direction, though. I don't yeah. want to sound like Debbie Don. At least he did it. Yeah. Should have been done a long time ago. I was just talking to a friend of, a friend of mine about private jails and how corrupt they are sometimes. I, don't, so, I didn't even know that private jails existed until you taught me that. I still yeah. don't understand how they exist. They're the backbone of a lot of cities' economies. Like some cities... If they get below 80% occupancy, I said that right the first time, then, it, then they just start locking people up because they have to fill those jails to fill out the contract and to get certain things done. A lot of people don't know when you call certain companies like telemarketing or they call you, sometimes those are inmates. A lot of what? the, yeah, they outsource that to inmates. They fight like in California when they had those fires. There were uh-huh. there were inmates out there putting out the fires, along with the firefighters, but they had I inmates. Think, I think I did know that part. I think I heard that. Yeah, telemarketing, uh, like factory jobs, like making underwear and T-shirts. A lot of that is done by prisoners <laughs> because the people that own these prisons, they get kickbacks for it. And 
it's free labor. It's indentured servitude. I don't want to say slavery because that's a bit much, but it is a form of free labor. A lot of like a lot of stuff that gets made, like factory type stuff, is made in prisons. Uh, you call these technical support places. Sometimes you're talking to an inmate. Um, now, if I ever answer the phone, which I usually don't, but I may start answering it, I'm like, tell me, where are you right now? <laughs> they're not, not going to tell you. They'll get 10 years added to their sentence. Do you think you if that. I said, like, are you an inmate? They'd be like, yes, don't tell. Uh, no, because their calls are being, they're listening. They're not on the phone by themselves. Wait, but why are I, they not allowed to tell people that? Because that's bad publicity that you've got an inmate doing that type of work. Like, I don't want to talk to a rapist about my phone not dialing out. Yeah. That's very and I wouldn't have a, How I do would, you know that? Just researching and reading up on how the people that run these companies and the contracts at these companies, it's, it's publicly traded, some of these companies, so... Some of this stuff you can read up on, but it, it's out there. It's on the internet. But people, who, you know, they hear it and they just don't believe it. So that's why it's not like on who own private jails and billionaires, prisons. billionaires, hedge fund people, people that invest in everything. Like it, it could be one, it could be one person that like runs it, but it'll be a bunch of people that invest in it. Like the, the place so we work. Sick. The place we work, if you look at our uh, our 401 thing. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, this, we, we this actually. Is when, this is how I learned about it. Yeah, we actually, we invest in it. <laughs> um, Wait. Has, if you look. Okay, we have a whole group on um, not social injustice, but like basically on that. Have you brought that forward to this group? What group? I feel it's, and we can talk offline about this more, but oh, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's something that definitely needs to change, in my opinion. Well, you can see it on our 401. Like, it'll have a list of all the companies we invest in. And one day I just start looking these places up. And a couple of them do have stock in private prisons. Not all of them, because but private three prisons that I make found. money. <laughs> Three that I found, they do invest in the private, the business of private prisons. Uh, Most most big companies do that, though. Like, that's where they get their money from. But I just don't understand. I still don't understand. I know we've had this conversation before, but why? Like, why Why would you do it? Yeah. Why would you be an investor of a prison? It's like investing in a, a, a funeral home. You know, business yeah. is never going to stop. <laughs> okay, they're going to put, put people in prison. The prison industry took over um, 50, I mean, sorry, $5 billion in revenue in 2011. That was a long time ago. It's probably way more than that. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's so much more than that. Uh, Wall Street... Wall Street banks are some of prison industry's biggest invest- investors. Wells Fargo has around $100 million invested in the GEO group. Wells what? Fargo, uh, J.P. Morgan and Chase, Bank probably of America. Bank of 
America, any any bank you could think of. <laughs> um, but those are the ones that I, I've read about with Wells Fargo, Chase, and uh, Bank of America. I don't know about SunTrust, but those and three I did, I did read about. In 2013, students at Columbia University discovered the institution owned $8 million worth of CCA stock, which is a prison um, uh, company, Cor- Corrections Corporation of America, to be exact. And yep. uh, students formed a group called Columbia Prison Divest and delivered a letter to the president of the university demanding total divestment from CCA and full disclosure of future investments. And they voted to do it in 2015. That's cool. I obviously wikipedia private prisons. Yep. I mean, I'm sure if more companies, more employees went to their companies as a group, they would probably stop. But the key is getting people to believe it. Like when I say this in... Yeah, dinner I mean, conversations. Yeah. <laughs> they don't. They think I'm just. Oh, yes, yeah, a conspiracy. I'm like, no. You can. You can actually look this stuff up. Like, like, like I did. <laughs> like, it's not. Yeah. They're not really hiding it. <laughs> like, yep. They just know you're not going to read. So, <laughs> but it's there, and it's big business, man. If it, I mean, five billion nine, ten years ago. Yeah, I'm and sure apparently, that. stock prices for the two main groups surged following Donald Trump's victory in 2016. Yeah, you. I mean, you can't. I'm willing to bet that almost every person that, whose net worth is over a billion dollars has investments in that. Probably That's even so before sick. that. I I really. There are so many things, so many things you can get rich off of. Why would you want to do that? Oh, makes me sick. Those contracts are ironclad. Like if you get uh, some prisoners to make. I don't know this for a fact. I'm just throwing some out. You get them to make like white t-shirts, white t-shirts. That that industry is never going anywhere. Everybody likes white t-shirts, and <laughs> you wear that shit everywhere. If you can get a a privately owned business or a prison to do that for free without having to pay insurance for employees, I mean it's all profit because you're not so, paying the employees. So basically, like the prisoners are shipped back and forth between the prison and like the factory they're working. I mean, they have them in the prisons. They don't make license plates anymore. They make goods that we use. I know a lot of people, you know, you see prisons and they're making license plates. They don't do that anymore. They make the stuff that you're wearing. It's <laughs> like, just really crazy. It's, um, apparently, private prisons started in 1983 in the United States. They yeah. began operation in the United States then. So they haven't really been around that long. No, it started around the same time crack was destroying neighborhoods. Mm, interesting. They infused neighborhoods with crack. They got private prisons now. It's, I mean, whoever came up with it, he's, he's not a great person, but he's a genius. Cause it's yeah. <laughs> like, like, the war on drugs. Reagan's war on drugs led to a massive rise in numbers in prisons. Private prison operators were quick to seize the opportunity. Yep. Ronald Reagan, who was an early investor in private prisons himself. Don't mean to offend anyone who loves Ronald Reagan, but the facts are there. Well, (laughs) it's something we talked about a long time ago, and this is an example of, you know, kind of fell out of my mind in a way. I just like it. 
I think uh, it shocked me the first time as much as it does the second time. And, and hearing it again, I like, I, I'm still annoyed with myself that this isn't something I've looked into more for our company. Yeah. Because, yeah that needs to, that's sick. it's it's a i mean it's america though like it's the american way it's capitalism it all comes down to money at the end of the day Mm. and you know they always talk about made in america and providing more jobs but if they can find a loophole to not pay people they're gonna do it and that's just the way it is you know what's something that's i find interesting speaking of no jobs so um Biden is obviously signing a bunch of environmental policies and the uh, some Republicans are like basically claiming that he's trying to get rid of jobs. I just don't even see how that's an argument. I mean, I get it. They're saying that because, you know, they represent states that are like coal states and fossil fuel states. Yeah. But there's no reason that a state that you know, its main economy is based off of fossil fuel production, couldn't change to some sort of new green energy. Like, everyone gets sun, wind, rain. I mean, it's all based on the freaking weather. Let's (laughs) just come up with something. They're just playing politics. They're just playing politics. And they don't care to explain to the people that work at these coal factories that you can have the same job making the same money and not be risking Doing cancer. Doing something that's probably, yeah, probably not going to kill you. Right. And give you, like, black lung. Right. But they don't want to, but they know they're underpaying these coal miners and these people that do these jobs. So it's easier to say, oh, that, that you know, uh, hydroelectricity, that's, that's a myth. But it's not. Right. You can do. You could do it if you can mine coal. You can. You have a river. You have a river. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your house is on a lake. <laughs> like you, you could do this. Uh, but so it's just people. It's just the rich people trying to pit the poor people against each other. It's the oldest trick in the book. The uh, key is to get poor people of every color to see that no, how this evil is not the rich white people are. Just not just not just white. I mean, rich rich people are they're all friends. <laughs> but no. yeah. but I mean, we just, saw J Lo and talking to the Clins. We know. Exactly. If you're rich, then you're in the group. So it's just they pit poor people against each other. It's just they've been doing it forever. Because the fear is the poor people will unite and see that the rich people have been talking shit this whole time and then everything will have to change. So it's easier to make me hate a white person or a white person hate me in the yeah, same economic. I mean, it's just easy. That, that fear, like, I don't know. Recently, I've been interacting with a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of uneducated people. And it's just so difficult to <laughs> hear what they say because it just doesn't make sense. And I'm not even talking about politics at this point. I'm talking about, like, normal life things. You yeah. know, this is my interaction with parents of patients. And I just look at them and I'm like, how are you supposed to raise this child? Because I don't even know how you got pregnant, that you were smart enough to figure that out. Yeah. Like, yeah, really. they, they can do that. 
If you want to keep something from a poor person or a stupid person, all you have to do is put in a book. <laughs> oh, that's be... sad. Well, that sounded like a really bad joke. No, like that's... Said, I, no, that was... I'm feeling so, uncomfortable. No, but someone told me that a long time ago, and he was a very successful person. He was just like... I mean, I think that you're right, but... He, yeah, I, and I, when I got older, I saw the, what he was saying. I mean, it's brutal. But it's true. The yeah. internet is so much easier, and people see stuff on the internet and just run with it. You Wait, put it all you have to do is put fake information on any kind of social media site, and it like takes off for some reason. Yeah, it's it's easier to confuse people. But if you put it in a book with like facts, they'll never see it. Mm, wow, <laughs> that's yep. a quote. Like I wish I just didn't ever hear. <laughs> It's it's America. It's the American way. <laughs> well, this has been a fun discussion today. I have a lot of hope about our country. It, it, I'm feeling really turn, good. It's turning a corner. Just I think last year was an awakening, and hopefully this year will be the awakening in action. So I, you know, I'm more optimistic. I'm at least ten percent optimistic. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I'm not usually optimistic, so that's a big deal. Yeah, it goes. It went from zero to ten percent. So hopefully, after at the end of the year, it'll go up to a, at least twenty. <laughs> I hope so. You yeah. just tell me if there's anything I can do to improve your optimism. If I just, need to go uh, out there and rally people, I'll do it. Just keep. I just want everybody to have an open mind, and like when you hear something on TV, just do your research on it. Don't just believe what they're saying on either channel because they both lie. So just. Just research stuff. Don't don't go with what they're telling you just because they have a nice suit on. Oh boy. It's yep. Just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that <laughs> note, it um, will twenty twenty four. I'll be running for president. I I would love to see you in a position of political power. I think that you would be great. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. I'm going to start up t-shirts. You have a great clear mind that thinks about everyone and I don't think that you would fall into the temptations of making yourself richer I think you'd think about it and then you'd be like nah I'm not going to do that no. and you would do things for the greater good of yes. everyone and I don't mind people and you're a hard worker <laughs> yeah, I do work hard I do work so hard you really do so yeah, I do. Thanks. All right. All right. Well, well, it's always fun. <laughs> yep. Hopefully we can keep these boring conversations going and there's nothing crazy that happens. Yeah. I don't know. Today we talked about private prisons. That's pretty dark and deep, but it was it, good. I think it's important. It I'm needs, actually going it needs to, to be talked about. about it now. Yeah, it needs to be talked about. I think now that we can get away from those past four years, we can start focusing on what this podcast was supposed to be, which is just stuff Seriously. that people aren't talking about. Like <laughs> you got a little the, distracted. The conversation we had today, yeah. Yeah, that's what it was supposed to be when we started it, and then America just started going crazy. Crazy. So let's get back wow. to helping people. <laughs> let's. Okay. On that note, you have a good night. Well, I'll talk to you soon. All righty. See you now.